The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. York Giants 25, Carolina Panthers 3. Yes, Giants fans, we have an honest-to-goodness New York Giants victory in blowout fashion to talk about today here. Ed Valentine and Emily Iannacone with you. Welcome to our audience on YouTube. You know, please, uh, please give us a subscription if you're if you're watching us on YouTube. Welcome also to our audience on the Valentine's Views podcast. Please uh, subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast applications if you're listening to the show uh, to the to the podcast. So, so M, I see that that you are you are loud and proud today. You are wearing your big blue Wrecking Crew sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I actually thought about wearing a Giants shirt today, but, but I mm. thought that would be, I thought that would be kind of hokey, and you know, especially if both of us ended up wearing what Giants if we both shirts. Did it so. without planning. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's that's the scary part, folks. We don't have any meetings for this. We just wing it when we do this. We really so. Do. So, mm-hmm. but I see that I see that that you chose today to be to be loud and proud. I, I did. It was very purposeful. I actually didn't have this on and I ran and put it on because I wore this to the game yesterday. And this sweatshirt was like my grandfather's or like this sweatshirt's older than it's just, it's very, very old. And I wore it yesterday and they won. And so now I'm thinking it's good luck. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And, and, and yes, I as I I messaged you during the game that I I found you from the mm-hmm. press box yesterday. You did. You know, and, and 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 if anybody was watching me in the press box, I I looked like the creepy old guy who was who was sort of scanning the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, looking for people. But I was I was trying to figure out where you sit, and you basically sit almost underneath the press box. Yes. No, I typically look up at the press box. I, I, it's hard for me to make out who people are because I don't have binoculars. But yeah, I'm, I'm really right below it. We're not far. There you go. There you go. So, hey, let's, uh, let, let's talk a little bit, you know, about yesterday's game. 
And, you know, I think just just to get it out of the way, we have to start with talking about that that catch by Daniel Jones. <laughs> I mean, you saw what I tweeted, and I was proud of what I tweeted. I, you know? I figured you, you should lead the pod with your tweet. There that you go. I assumed we were doing. Well, there, pretty much. I mean, now, now that we're getting down to business here, pretty much. I mean, you know, I, I tweeted when I saw that catch by Daniel Jones, you know, QB1, RB1, wide receiver one, all the same guy for the Giants, all Daniel Jones. And, mm -hmm. you know, y yesterday's game, what I wrote this morning about Jones is, look, the statistical line is is pretty average. You know, 23 out of 33 is a nice day with a touchdown and, you know, 203 yards. It's a nice day, but it's not a, a spectacular day. 28 yards rushing doesn't look like much, but you see the way the game unfolded. It was more than 28 yards rushing, really. It was a couple of nice plays. 16 yards receiving. Daniel Jones was, to me, I mean, he was the focal point of the offense in the second half. And to me, he showed you everything that a franchise quarterback needs to show you yesterday from the athleticism, the ability to protect the ball, the toughness. I He, he showed all of it to me as far as what the Giants see in him and why they want him to be their guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really, he kind of set, had a setback last week, Daniel Jones, but then he sort of reverted back to what, the glimpses of hope that we were seeing throughout the first five games of the season. Though the numbers aren't supremely eye-catching, the no turnovers is really big. And I think that even if you dive a little bit deeper into that, it's not even just that he had no turnovers. He he didn't even really make any questionable throws or he he didn't even put the giants in a position where you were like oh god here we go again he made no, he the, threw the ball away he made some smarter decisions yeah the ball was never at risk i mean there was one play where you know where the ball bounced up in the air on a throw to evan ingram but it turned out that you know there, there's As no always, way, but but there's but there's no way you can catch the ball when the defensive back has both of his arms wrapped around your arms and, and, and you can't raise your hands to, to try to make the catch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. No, absolutely. But, but absolutely. I, I, I do have to mention the fact that, you know, I'm sure that Daniel Jones is catching crap in the meeting room today for, for running a lousy pass route. Right. Our biggest critique of Daniel Jones today is the unathletic route he ran and, you know, Dante Pettis said after the game that he slowed down, which is a quote, no, no, as you're running, as you're running routes, but it kind of just allowed for a more spectacular catch. So I feel like we'll take it. It's the loudest I've cheered at Giant Stadium in a long time. I mean, before Sunday, there are nine home wins since 2017. So I felt like it really did kind of electrify the crowd a little bit. It did. And, you know, it, it, it just felt nice all in mm -hmm. all when the game ended. It just, I mean, the Giants are still two and five. There were still things to pick on, you know, in the game. And we'll get into some of that as we go. But it was just nice to, 
to sit in some of the pre- the post game press conferences, and they were relaxed, and guys were funny. Dante Pettis was hilarious. Um, Leonard Williams told a great story about blowing kisses to the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, a week a week after, you mm-hmm. know, a week after he had expressed frustration about being booed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys were in a good mood. Graham Gano was talking about the video that his kids had done mm-hmm. before, uh, you know, b- before the game. So guys were in a good mood. The stadium was in a good mood. You know, it was it was just nice for a change to to win a game. I mean, winning occasionally, you know, just just changes everything. It it absolutely does. It changed the whole energy, the energy on the train afterwards. Everything about it, leaving the stadium was just altogether more exciting. And I think the thing that I found really interesting about the Daniel Jones catch is the first first thing anyone is really going to think of is Odell Beckham's catch. That's the first thing that comes to mind whenever anyone makes a one-handed grab. But after the game, when Jones was asked about it, he told the reporter that that was the first time he had actually heard the comparison which I think is, I just think is really interesting. And I think it sort of speaks to the way the Giants are trying to move forward and that the catch sort of stands on its own. It's not, while it is objectively similar to Odell's catch, it's, this is different. It's a different time. And it means a lot more for these current Giants that not only was he able to make that catch, but then they finished the 75 yard scoring drive with the five yard touchdown at the end. It just, and then they were winning 12 to three and that, was really it. They didn't look back after that. And so it was a real turning point in the game. It felt like, you know, it was five to three and it, it just felt like, and, and I wonder if it, if it felt the same way to you, it felt like as, when the second half started, it just felt like if the giants could get to a two score lead, the game was over. Absolutely. I mean, five, three for, you know, two quarters was was a really interesting score, I have to say. And so it was obviously low scoring for a while. And the Giants in the red zone are still really nerve wracking. I mean, we can still poke holes in this win. They are not, they're still not as consistent as you'd like them to be. But at least in the second half yesterday, they just showed an ability to finish drives. And I feel like that was that was really the difference maker, especially for the Panthers who ended up benching Sam Darnold in the fourth quarter. I mean, if you you want to talk about Jones and his place in New York and whatever you're going to say, I mean, Sam Darnold was obviously with the Jets just a year ago, and then he was benched for P.J. Walker, who was an ex-XFL player. We all had to look him up in the stands yesterday. I mean, it's just it just goes to show that I do feel like John, Jones has what it takes, and we just we just question it a lot, but he kind of reminded us yesterday. I think so. And I think that, that, you know, while we're talking about Jones, I think we have to realize, you know, what he was working with yesterday. He's throwing the ball. He didn't have Mm -hmm. Kenny Galladay. He didn't have um, Sterling Shepard. He didn't have Kadarius Toney. He didn't have Saquon Barkley. Andrew Thomas is on IR. The Giants were never going to put up you know, you, you wouldn't have expected them to put up 40 some points and 500 yards of, of total offense. They played offense the way they needed to play offense. Mm-hmm. But I came away from that game. And when I thought about it, think about the first half, M. Think about 
five drives into Carolina territory. Granted, the Giants had pretty good field position most of the game, but five drives into Carolina territory in the first half. Mm -hmm. Five scoring opportunities where all they came away with was a field goal. Maybe six scoring opportunities Mm -hmm. because if you count the – actually, you have to count the the goal line – I won't even call it a stand by Carolina. It was more like a goal line screw up by the Giants. But six times they put themselves in scoring position. Once they turned the ball over on downs inside the one. Mm -hmm. And five times they set themselves back with penalties. Yeah. you, You just look at it. And what I wrote last night was, Despite all of those players that are missing and despite all of the turnover uh, on the offensive line, there's a good offense hiding in there somewhere just waiting to get out if they stop shooting themselves in the foot. There's a good mm-hmm. offense in there, and and you kind of have to give Daniel Jones some credit, and you have to give Jason Garrett some credit. No, absolutely, absolutely. They they beat themselves for most of the first half. That was that was really what happened. They put themselves in in advan- advantageous situations. They put themselves in a position to score. And often, I mean, the first and second possessions were like you said, they were not encouraging. I I felt pretty confident in my <laughs> my decision to pick the Panthers for the first half of the game. I mean, they, you know, like you said, they're especially the one inside the one yard line and they and they just cannot score. And I remember, too, in the first quarter on fourth and one the Panthers decided to go for it. And I was like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you? I it, mm-hmm. it just it, it kind of goes both ways. It was like we couldn't stop the short yarded situations and we can't convert them either. So I but I agree that it was kind of a, a game of two halves and that in the second half they were able to make those plays and they were able to finish. They even converted some third and longs, which you don't want to be in third and long, but they were able to convert those longer, those longer plays. So it does go to show that there there's something in there. I mean, the Panthers are increasingly looking like a team that is, that is a little lost. I feel like they started off the season strong, but maybe just didn't play very good teams. And, you know, so I, I'm not really sure how great this Panthers team is, but For the Giants, at least they were able to go into the locker room at halftime, make adjustments, and beat this team in the manner in which they should. It's not like they won by a field goal or by a point like most of their games have been this season. They've been really close. This was was dominant. It's the first time we have a dominant win all season. Right. This this was not a fortunate win. This, This was a win. This was the Giants going out and taking that game in the second half. But, you know, you mentioned it earlier a little bit, and I'll just make this comment about Daniel Jones and and Sam Darnold. If you're you're not convinced that the Giants have a guy who could be their, their quarterback of the future, and Daniel Jones is not Aaron Rodgers and he's not Tom Brady, but if, if you don't feel, you know, at least relatively good about the Giants quarterback situation at this point, all you had to do is look at Carolina. Mm-hmm. It, it, that tells you everything you need to know about where the Giants are at quarterback. At least they have hope at quarterback. At least they have a guy who's 
who's shown you that, that he can do the right things. And I think that gives the Giants a leg up moving forward, despite being two and five. Yeah, I think I think absolutely. I mean, this this Panthers defense, like like I said, whoever they played this season, they're in the top 10 in the league in all defensive categories. They they're averaging about 21 points per game allowed. And the, the Giants were able to actually do something with that. They they really they actually competed and they showed up. And then on the other side of the ball, the defense showed that they were actually able to make stops themselves. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that more too, but it was led by Jones. It was an effort that was completely led by Jones for sure, like you said. But I also think that for the first time this season, it was just an all around win in so many ways. Right. And I do, you know, I mentioned Jason Garrett earlier, and I just want to credit Garrett a little bit. Garrett takes a lot of heat. And I was shaking my head in the first half on the on the goal line situation where they tried to bang the ball up the middle twice with with mm-hmm. Devontae Booker. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, you know, please. They did try a rollout pass. They did on the first down play at least get the ball to Kyle Rudolph, who couldn't get into the end zone. But terrible. <laughs> but but in but in the second half, give Garrett a little bit of credit. I was shaking my head, like I said, about, you know, up the middle, up the middle, up the middle. You know, Devontae Booker scored on a nice wide run on the 19-yard run. There was another uh, play that almost looked like a triple option type play where Booker gained 9 or 10 yards on a run to the outside. The Giants moved the pocket. And just about the time where I was thinking, you know, every time they move the pocket, the play looks the same. It's a quick little, you know, it's a it's a play action and it's a rollout to the right. You know, mm-hmm. here came two quick rollouts with Jones going the other way. You know, they they busted out the uh, you know, what has commonly been called the Philly special for Jones. Mm-hmm. They they at least showed some willingness to to make some adjustments in the second half. They found a way to be effective in the pass game, you know, even without being dynamic. They at least found a way to be effective. You know, getting the ball to 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 Dante Pettis, getting the ball to Darius Slayton, getting the ball even you know dare I mention his name, getting the ball to to Evan Ingram a few times, but mm-hmm. you know my God, he caught everything that was thrown to him and he didn't fumble anything. True. Got through an entire he got through an entire game at MetLife Stadium without being booed. That's a <laughs> you win. Know? That's a win. That's <laughs> that's, that's that. That's an absolute win for Evan Ingram. So, so you know, good day for the Giants offensively. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about the offense to kind of put a bow on that. I think all that I would add, which is which is what you just illustrated as well, is that I think Jason Garrett does deserve some kudos because what the offense has at least shown in recent weeks is that it actually has some depth, which I think going into the season is not really something we expected. You know, when injuries happen, everyone talks about next man up mentality. And it actually has has been that. I mean, initially to the injuries to Slayton and Shepard, it was Tony who stepped up a big time. And we saw more of Galladay. And then the two of them get injured. And now we see more of Dante Pettis, who caught all five passes that were thrown him to thrown to him yesterday. I think he has 10 receptions in two weeks. And so there's just he's showing an ability to use what the offense just has naturally. And I feel like it's giving, giving other players a chance to step up and he showed that he can use Jones's versatility, which is definitely one of his, 
one of his best talents. So I, I agree. I just think, I think that Garrett does deserve a little bit of a shout out and this offense needs to be credited for at least having people who are able to step up in the, in the wake of so many injuries. And the offensive line too, it wasn't perfect on the offensive line, but you know, Matt Perk did a good job in pass protection and, and, and Matt Skura held up. Okay. At left guard and, and, you know, Nate Solder has a horrible looking rep every so often, but it wasn't awful from Solder either. So, you know, credit for me, credit to those guys for the, the group that the Giants have is never going to be a great dominant offensive line. But credit to those guys for hanging in there and having in the end, having a whole lot more you know, absolutely good reps than bad ones. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then I feel like we can kind of jump to the defense too. Like Abs- yeah, ab- absolutely. It's, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. I mean, they're one, you know, off the left upright field goal from, from pitching a shutout yesterday. Right. It, it doinked. It actually, it actually doinked. It, I, it, it almost didn't even go in. They really did. They almost were completely scoreless. You and your family are sitting in the right spot. I mean, couldn't mm-hmm. you like, like, like magically sort of pull that ball to the left a little bit? Need some wind somehow. Just try, try <laughs> to get something. I mean, it almost happened. It's, it's obviously been a crazy year for kickers in the NFL and it, he, yeah, he really almost missed. I mean, it, the defense, yeah, they, they they finally stepped up. We finally saw what we saw so much of last season and what we've been confused that we haven't seen so far this season. I mean, they allowed 173 yards. Carolina finished with 11 first downs in the game. It it was dominating. The safety, there's so much we could talk about on the defensive side no, of the ball. So new. Now, now let, let's admit, Carolina – is not a good offense. No. Christian McCaffrey's no, on no, IR. No, Sam no. Darnold, Sam Darnold is not good. All right. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, and 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 you know, let's you know l- let me let me be the first one to admit that that way back in 2018, I was banging the table for the Giants to draft Sam Darnold. Ooh. And and I think I'm glad that they didn't listen to me. <laughs> okay. So, so, so maybe, you know, all of those people, when they send in mailbag questions and they want, and they want me to, to they want to put me in the position of GM and what would you do? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a good thing that I'm not the GM. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just, just maybe. <laughs> but, but. Makes you respect Gettleman a little bit more. Don't don't tell people they should trust Gillen either. That's uh, I'm I'm not so even after a win I'm not sure that they want to hear that. No 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 for but, sure. But you know Carolina dropped a lot of passes yesterday. Darnold is terrible, um, but the Giants did play good defensive football. And mm-hmm. Carolina coach Matt Rule more or less threw down the gauntlet last week. He basically said, we need to run the ball 30 to 33 times. That's the identity we need to have. We can't be a passing team. And the Giants did not allow them to to run the football. I think it was 17 carries, 56 yards. They finally set the edge. They finally, you know, put themselves in position to be able to rush the passer. And, 
a couple of the guys, Logan Ryan talked about it. Leonard Williams talked about the, the challenge that Carolina had, had laid out for them and, and, and their ability to meet that. And, and, and I thought that was huge for the Giants to, to be able to, uh, to rise to that, that physical challenge that Carolina wanted to prevent, present. Yeah, I, absolutely. I know the 31st down comment, or I'm sorry, the 30 carries comment that Matt Roll made heading into the game, really, it really set up kind of an interesting matchup. Because like you said, they limited them to just 17 carries. I think it was 3.3 yards per carry as well. And then it allowed the the pass rushing game to be more effective for the first time in, in a long time. The Giants finished with six sacks. Leonard Williams was was great. He he forced the pressure on Darnold that led to the intentional grounding penalty, which led to the safety, which for a second looked like it would be the difference maker in the game. So it looked really big at the time. And he finished with one, one and a half sacks, three quarterback hits. You had second rounder Aziz Ojulari step up. He had two and a half sacks. And Dexter Lawrence also added a sack, I think. It, it was just an all around effort. And there was just more pressure it was the first time that I felt like, oh, we could get this stop. And Darnold was more likely to be perhaps on the ground than to make, you know, a third and long conversion. Like you said, Darnold's not not a great quarterback, but at least the Giants were actually able to do that. You know, in, in other instances, they don't step up in these situations, and they definitely did yesterday. Right. I thought Leonard Williams, one of the things that I wrote Monday morning at Big Blue View, one of the things I wrote was that Leonard Williams – did what you need your best players to do. He stepped up in the first half. He made difference-making plays. He created the safety. He also ended a Carolina drive into Giants territory with a third down sack. I think he got half that sack. I think Ojolari got the other half of that sack. But Williams did what you need your best players to do. Made difference-making plays. James Bradbury did the same thing. I mean, he actually caught the ball when he had an opportunity to make an interception and, and the giants have played this year. That's not a small thing. They've left a lot of potential game changing interceptions on the turf and, and you have to make those plays when they're presented to you. And, and as for Ojolari, I mean, I watched one play yesterday and I think it was his final sack. And I happened to watch him come off the edge. And I cannot remember the last time I've seen a Giants edge rusher come off the edge and just destroy an offensive tackle the way that he did. I mean, he I don't know who the tackle was for Carolina, but, mm -hmm. but Ojolari just blew him up. And mm -hmm. I can't I can't remember seeing a, a Giants edge defender do that in a very, very long time. And yeah. it's exciting. It has to be exciting for Giants fans to see a young edge rusher play like that. It's been a long time, you know, since since uh, since the Giants have had a guy, you know, come off the edge and do things like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's. It's something that I feel like we don't even really think about happening anymore. But like you said, I think Leonard Williams set the tone in the first half. Like he, and he may have been the only player really setting the tone at first. 
But then it sort of trickled down and you saw it with the younger players. You saw it with veteran players. It just it just became an all around effort in this Giants team that had allowed the fourth most rushing yards entering the game really, really stepped up and they really limited them. I mean, obviously, Christian McCaffrey wasn't there, as we said, but it, it was just a more dominant effort. And it felt like we could actually make these these stops, especially on, you know, on the third and shorts or even especially even on third and longs. We were actually able to come up and make those kind of stops, which is just not something we've been consistent at doing up to this point. It just felt overall, and it just felt more like this is the kind of team that we think the Giants can be or would be this year. Mm-hmm. You know, a team that that can get into the mid twenties, you know, scoring wise, a team that can that can score enough, a team where you know where Daniel Jones would play well enough. Um, and, and that they would get enough defense to to win some games, you know the Giants, especially without Barkley and Galladay and Shepard and Tony and mm-hmm. and 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 whoever else, because I the the list is just too long. They're not going to put up forty points all the time. They're going to mm-hmm. have to play some good defense, and I don't know if they can dig themselves out of the hole that that they dug themselves into, but. But at least I think Sunday showed that there's there's the possibility of progress, that there's that there's maybe the possibility of some things to build on, you know, and that maybe the rest of the season, although the schedule is brutal for the next few weeks. I mean, I know the Kansas City Chiefs are three and four, but they're still the Kansas City Chiefs. They're still. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Andy Reid and Chris Jones and, and and all of those all of those those weapons that that the Chiefs have. So, but at least you know there 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 feels like the possibility that maybe some of that improvement that Joe Judge talks about all the time is actually taking place. For sure, for sure. I'm I'm curious now that you said that. Do you know what the opening odds are for the? Chiefs game next week? Uh, oh, the, the the line that I saw was nine and a half. Oh wow. Nine and a half. So okay. so so Vegas doesn't feel real good about the no. Giants chances. Okay. But, Interesting. Uh, I was just curious. Yeah, but you know, but we have we have time before we have to worry about that. It's just nice to have a win to talk about. It's mm-hmm. nice to have some progress to talk about. We'll have to see during the week. You know, if if any of those injured Giants players are able to come back and 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 mm-hmm. help next Monday, so mm-hmm. just uh, you know, if you have any a, any final thoughts, Em, you know, on uh, on Sunday, uh, why don't you go ahead and share them? I think the the final thing I would shout out, like I said about it being just a full team effort, is is the special teams too. I thought special teams, Graham Gano was and Riley Dixon together were the players of the game. For a while, I thought I thought the Giants had good field position all game. Gano made some really big kicks, made another one over 50 yards. They just consistently showed up. And Dixon, I feel like he just was just consistently putting the the chief the Chiefs. I'm already on the Chiefs, the Panthers, <laughs> in um in just a tough position to try to try to kind of drive down the field. And I felt like at least through the first half and it extended into the second half, but it, I just feel like it really kept us in the game in the first. 
they they just set, set the Giants up really, really well. And I, I think you said, too, that Judge had Gano speak before him yesterday, which I, I thought was really was kind of cool. And so I, I just thought it was um, a really good all around team effort on on all sides of the ball. And I felt like that deserved a shout out. It was. And I have to say this. It says something about the the changing nature of field goal kicking that Graham Gano has been a giant for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And he now has more 50 plus yard field goals than any field goal kicker in franchise history. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he snapped a tie yesterday with Joe Danello, which, uh, you know, that was a long, long time ago, Joe Danello. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it just says something about the changing nature of field goal kicking and, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that he's already the franchise record holder. So anyway, Giants fans, you get to feel good for a while. You get to uh, you get to see the Giants play next week in front of a national TV audience, which uh, which means that that unfortunately an old guy like me will be up writing way past my bedtime. But mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I can get I can get plenty of naps in between now and then to get rested for that. M, mm-hmm. thank you very very much, Giants fans. Thank you as always for listening. Please uh, you know subscribe as we said at the top of the show on whichever platform. Uh, and whichever, uh, if it's the podcast, whichever uh, whichever podcast application you prefer. So, Giants fans, thank you very, very much for listening. Please remember to take care of each other, stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.